With me, as always, is my amazing co-host, Christine Stacy. We just want to thank everybody for tuning in and for opening up with us. And we want to make sure that everybody knows the views and opinions we express here are solely our own and nobody else's. The content of our episodes can tend to be graphic or mature in nature. So we just want to make sure that viewers are aware of that going into this. We've been off for a couple weeks now because we were on vacation. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And now we're coming back and we want to thank everybody, particularly just for the engagement and the momentum that we've had with this podcast moving forward. It's really, really beginning to grow. For those of you that might be new to the podcast, we started this kind of on a whim to a degree after a, a big internet change and challenge with just opening up more and connecting more and being more vulnerable and willing to be ourselves on social media. This is now our second season of Boy Open Up. In the first season, we kind of really dug into what my story was and what my life has been like and what my life experience has been like. And we thought it should be something where we go ahead and do the same thing with Christine. We think it would be cool to dig into where she's come from and kind of what her origin story is because she is a superhero. <laughs> and we just have very different stories in some ways and then some similarities too. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the big thing about this podcast and about this movement mm -hmm. is it's about opening up about the way we feel mm -hmm. and connecting with our feelings and having permission to feel them and sharing that with people. Yeah. And we are doing this very uh, unedited. I mean, we edit slightly, but very little and just kind of sit here in a closet and just try and open up to hopefully be examples or just yes. help um, encourage you all to maybe pull someone aside, a friend, family, and have the conversations as well. Yeah. No, it's so critical to deal from feelings. For sure. And that's what we want this to be about. That's also why the edit episodes are so very lightly edited mm -hmm. because that's real. Right. Real conversations aren't edited. Right. Real interactions aren't edited. Real life isn't edited. And, it's true. and so much of what we see in the world is the perfect version of everyone. Yeah, and I so, think that's something we're trying to do myself in particular. <laughs> yeah. As I am not an amazing natural speaker. Uh, or wooer or salesperson, <laughs> just the awkward me over here in the closet sharing and trying to be an example of what it's like to just open up when maybe you're uncomfortable at the same time. Or you're just a regular person. Yep. There uh, we go. <laughs> and, and that's the reality of it. Yeah. So let's dive into today's talk. We're going to dig into what your childhood was like. Okay. So. Tell us a little bit about what it was like for you as a kid. Now, I, I know a little bit. You know, you grew up on the East Coast. What was that like? You know, what was home life like? What was your family life like? What was that structure like? Yeah. Dig into it a little bit. So, yeah. So, I grew up uh, right on the water, uh, on the Atlantic, uh, in a tiny, tiny town in Massachusetts. And so I think it was about 3,000 people in my town. So it was real small, but at the same time, if you've ever been to Massachusetts or anywhere kind of in that area, it's one town, then the next town, then the next town. It's, it's very different. I remember when I first came out to Oregon as a high school student, I came out to visit a relative out here to look at colleges, and we were driving, and there was just nothing. It was just trees and 
openness and mountains. And I was like, so what town are we in? And he said, we're not in a town. And I was so confused. And I was like, no, like which town? Like what's the name of this area? And he said, there's areas in Oregon and in the country that there's no town in. Yeah. Uh, and that blew my mind. It's so, just unincorporated space. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where I grew up in this tiny town, but still well connected. Uh, and it was just my mom and I. Okay. So single parent. Yep. And just you. Just me and her. So what was that like <laughs> for you growing up? Uh, very interesting. Well, what was your mom like? Yeah. So my mom was a character. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think anyone who's out there, I know my friend Shana will listen to this and she was close to my mom as well. And anyone who has ever met my mom, really even for five minutes or more, <laughs> knows that she's kind of a larger-than-life character. Uh, in a lot of ways, we are very different. And then in a lot of ways, we're similar, too. Um, but she was loud, okay, but short. Okay. A little stocky, but short. Uh, she, <laughs> she worked in the inner city uh, with kids who were in gangs, um, okay. kids of all different backgrounds. Uh, and she was a tough cookie who worked with what did she do with those kids well she worked with special ed students okay so she was a teacher yep in the inner city yeah so kind of a fascinating demographic there yeah <laughs> um and so she loved those students so if you if you ever knew my mommy knew she was a teacher and that she i always say this about um people who work with middle schoolers, I just think they're crazy. I'm like, you have to have a special kind of heart yes. and a special kind of personality to really want to spend your days with middle schoolers. And there's people out there who that's what they want to do. They want to be a youth group leader or a teacher for yeah. middle school students. And I think they're so crazy. Teenagers can be tough. Yeah. Yeah. That awkward phase. Uh, that's how my mom was with uh, special education okay. students. She just, that was her life. Yeah. So what was home like for you two uh very fun yeah um it was never a dull moment in our house uh things like i would be woken up at maybe 6 a.m in the morning and she'd say pack your things we're gonna go to the water park which was about an hour and away yeah. and we would go and just maybe skip school that day and just spend the day at the water park. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Does that mean mom was skipping work that day? Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure that happened at times. <laughs> okay. So, so mom was a little wild. Yeah, she was a little wild. The, the big rule I always knew in my house was that I was going to go to college. From an early age, I was told I'm going to go to college and that I need to bring in good grades. Outside okay. of that, there's very little rules. Okay. So that cool. was the big, exp that was a hard line. Hard line. Yep. Well, and you were an only child. Yep. So what were you like as a kid? <laughs> I'm sure you were just effervescent with personality. And... Well, if you've ever met uh, my youngest, I was a lot like her. Uh, but I would honestly say I was, my personality was really similar. But if I was in a very inconsistent home. Sure. Um, what do you mean by that? I mean that Let's she that. she and myself uh, were naturally very shy and almost anxious. Like if, if you're someone who is shy as a child, 
the shyness is not just like I'm I don't know, scared or embarrassed. Yeah. It is like this internal anxiety that you feel like someone is holding your throat and you can't talk. You might want to because you know you're looking ridiculous, but you can't. Hmm. Um, what does that feel like? It's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're someone like me who I naturally feel very much inclined to be around people. I'm not yeah. like an introvert who I just want to spend my days alone. Like I, I get my energy from people simultaneously. I can be more on the quiet side. So yeah, you like people... to be in a room full of people, but you don't need to be the center of attention. A hundred percent. So mm-hmm. I think people don't put those two things hand in hand, but like, that's how I felt as a child too. And I think you can see that in my youngest, if you've ever met her, she, she can be a comedian and she can definitely make everyone in the room laugh. Yes. As she... long as she knows that no one in the room is paying attention. Yeah. Right. And I say that kind of jokingly. Yeah. But yeah. Yes. As long as she knows that it's safe. Yeah. So for me, when I was little, I felt this way. As I got older, uh, I definitely was like the glue in my center of friends. Like I was always kind of the a people person. But as a child, when I didn't have the control of going out on my own, I, for one, I was home alone a lot. Okay. Um, a lot, a lot. So what was that like for you? Um, it was creative and lonely. Uh, I grew to have a very creative imagination, uh, because I played alone all the time. I also was very attached to my cat. Okay. Uh, so I played with my cat Salty. Yes. What a name. (laughs) Yep. Or my aunt likes to call him pumpkin head because he had a giant head. (laughs) Uh, And so Salty came with us, um, from house to house. We moved a lot also when I was a child. I probably lived in 10, maybe 12 different homes yeah. in this town of 3,000. Which shows you more to your inconsistency. Like yeah. Like talking about. Life was just... Yeah, I never knew what was going to happen from day to day, I would say. Having all that inconsistency in your childhood, mm-hmm. looking back on it now, mm-hmm. what do you think about how that feels? And what does that reconcile? Like, what does that look like in you as an adult, having so much inconsistency as a child? Yeah. I think for one, I had to be very self-reliant from an early age. Uh, and uh, yeah, and I had to just know that I was okay on my own at the end of the day. Uh, and I think I still can operate like that very much so. Yeah. Um, so answer your question yeah i was just curious you know because a lot of the things that happened to us in our childhood obviously shape greatly how we perceive and respond to the world as adults yeah and just kind of how we function in it so i was just curious kind of what your observations are because you're a pretty analytical person when it comes to people yeah so i was just curious what you would think about what it's been like for you and how it's impacted your life so you're growing up on the East Coast, in a single-family home, single-parent home, and life's just kind of inconsistent. So you said you have some friends, though, that you were kind of like the glue. So you had people around you, but you also spent a lot of time alone. It was really interesting for you to say that it was creative and lonely. Yeah. Yeah. 
I feel like my childhood was a bunch of extremes. So for the most part, my mom, I think, kept me buffered from a lot of things. So just to give you more context in general, we moved a lot. I didn't know why we moved. Now I know, looking back, like it probably was a combination of not paying rent, uh, Mm -hmm. of uh, maybe not being good tenants where we were at and being asked to leave. Not we. Yeah, my mom. You were a child. Right. To be clear. It's okay. Yes. It's not to put your mother down or anything yeah. like that. It's just to be clear. Yeah. And the the ups and downs were things like, uh, like I said, I did a lot of fun things. My mom yeah. was a fun person, center of attention, party person. And loved you very much. And yes, I was her... World. Yes. And so we did a lot of things. We went to Boston for New Year's Eve uh, and did things like that, you know, like yeah. she, she would, you know, see someone who didn't look at me the right way and want to start a fight. <laughs> uh, so I was always this petrified, scared, mm. shy child with this yeah. loud, boisterous mom. So that was an interesting dynamic. Uh, and then we spent the summers on the beach. She was obsessed with the water and Loved it, huh? yeah, and tanning and all the things. And we'd go out on boats, on people's boats, and it was just all all the fun things. Like I have so many fun memories, uh, as well as being, you know, taught like education is key to success. It was drilled in my head: you're going to be successful, and you're going to get an education. End of story. Uh, and then the other stuff was the being home alone at five yeah. for long periods and of time. And left on your own to like figure it out. Yeah. Or now I can look back and know that it was my mom drunk on the bed, but I thought she just was like Sleepy. sleeping really hard and kind of acting weird. Uh, and then her hugs made me feel uncomfortable. Um, cause she was just being weird. Yeah. Um, but she definitely had a problem sure uh in high school she moved in with a guy and so i'm still staying at our apartment and she was gone maybe for like six months or so um and she would stop by and let me know when she was coming by but so at 16 you're essentially living on your own yes for months at a time for months at a time yeah like you're saying there would be days where you would not see your mother at all yeah. At 16 years old. So you're going to school on your own, mm-hmm. getting yourself ready, making sure you have food, making sure your meals are taken care of, mm-hmm. cleaning up after yourself, cleaning your house, doing your homework. Mm-hmm. So you're a full functioning adult at 16 years old. The only thing, did you have a job? Uh, yeah, I started coaching around then. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what every 16 year old does is run their life. Yeah. <laughs> See, now this is fascinating stuff. Because it's scary to be in the world at, well, not even at 16. It's scary to be in the world at 35. Yeah. Right? So what was that like for you? Seriously. I it's mean, It's funny to put it in, in those, with a number attached to it because... Well, because when you did it, it was no big deal, right? It, no, it was... It was just what you did. It was the Sorry. norm. Yeah, you speak for you. No, yeah. Okay. And now I have kids and 16's not far off. That's what I mean. So can you picture our oldest child? No. You know, at 16, and I'm saying that, like, in us being like, hey, we're going to be gone for, you know, a week. We'll see you in a few days. Yeah. Make sure you take care of your brothers and sisters. Yeah, no, not at all. Uh, That's an incredible amount of responsibility to be thrust onto a child who admittedly is anxious, nervous, shy, typically. 
What was that like for you? Yeah, I was those things, but I also had to be uh, independent. And so, you know, like even now I might feel shy, but I'm that's not going to stop me from going to pursue sure. a job or a conversation with someone. And so I just had to do those things and take care of those things. And I had great friends, honestly, and I was really close to their parents. Yeah. And a lot of people that really took care of me, too. Yeah, well, you had a lot of people that guided you or right. influenced you or were part of your life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is, and, and it, it, it speaks, to to a degree to the kind of person you are. Uh, but it also speaks to a little bit of who your mom was in that her big thing was education, right. uh, working in the inner city yeah. and working with kids of special or high need. Right. She would have a very, very specific insight into what life looks like with lack of education. Oh, yeah. So, and her own life is a reflection too. Like her lifestyle was a reflection of what she did not want for you. Mm -hmm. I almost wonder if the reason she wasn't around was because she was more dealing with her own guilt and shame as a parent and didn't want to expose you to that kind of lifestyle. Yeah. Because you've always been a, what you like to call a rule follower. Oh yeah. Yes. Yep. But you grew up. In a single parent home, right, and, and never had any real contact with your father, yeah. right? Here we are, not twenty minutes little. into your yeah. story, and you've not mentioned it once, right? Right. So that dynamic is something that's literally never existed for you—a father daughter dynamic. No, and I never thought about it. Yeah, well, because like it, it was normal for yeah. you to not have somebody around, and I'm, and that's a harsh way to put it, but yeah. that was normal. Right. Your version of childhood was to be on your own with mom. Right. And when mom wasn't there, it was to be on your own. And then as you got older, it was to be on your own with friends Mm -hmm. or with your mom. Yeah. Yeah. Does that sound accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Which, like you said, it's wild extremes. Very much. When you think about it. So, And, and, and And I have to say, like at this, like we're up to my like teenage years and it gets interesting there. Because uh, my mom was also terminally ill. Right. Um, from the time I was born, she had hepatitis C. Uh, and so we always grew up being very cautious. Yeah. Um, and, and I was always told that was from a blood transfusion, which made no sense that she would ever have had a blood transfusion. So we know it wasn't from that. Right. Um, but in this era, when I was in my teen years, I didn't know that this was abnormal. I must have sure. known in my gut that mm-hmm. it was because I wouldn't tell people yeah. that she was not around much during those periods of time. Uh, yeah, but you're also a people pleaser. You don't want anyone in trouble. Right, exactly. Um, but yeah, I I did not know that anything was wrong with my mom Right. in terms of her being an addict. Yeah, and then as you got closer to high school graduation, right, some things really started to play out and to kind of unfold. Yeah, there's and, a few big events. Yeah, and the veil really began to be lifted for you, and that was when you began to discover some really big stuff. Yes. And that's what we're going to dive into in our next episode of Boy Open Up when we dive further into Christine's story. Yeah. Thank you guys for opening up with us. We'll talk to you soon. Uh-oh. 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 Uh-oh.